Welcome to the What's Your Truth podcast, the show that not only showcases the best of independent artists, but also explores what inspires them, what drives them, and what they consider their fundamental purpose as an artist to be. With me today is Stormy Stokes. I came across Stormy very much by chance at a live event in Los Angeles, and I'll never forget just how floored I was by the angelic tone and sheer power projecting from this little lady. A singer since she was two years old, Stormy's mom was her initial influence as an incredible gospel singer in her own right. It would appear that Stormy is, as she says, a chip off the old block. Having performed in front of crowds numbering in the thousands and at venues and on shows including the Key Arena in Seattle, Oakland Universal Hilton, the Brown Derby in Hollywood, and the KUBE 93 radio show in Seattle, Stormy is an absolute force to be reckoned with. Aside from all of this, she's she also regularly performs at events ranging from weddings and birthday parties to community concerts and everything in between. Stormy is one of the most powerful voices I've had the privilege of witnessing firsthand, and she's an absolute wonderful person to boot. It's an honor to have her on the show, ladies and gentlemen, Stormy Stokes. Hey, <laughs> well, thank you so much. That was just awesome. Um, who is this lady? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And, to, and also, you have like one of the coolest like stage names. That's just your name, like Stormy oh, Stokes. What a great name! Thank you. Yeah, my my father named me Stormy, and my mom. It was it was so funny. They were going back and forth, and my mother did not want to name me Stormy, but my father was like, "Yeah, it's going to be Stormy," <laughs> and, and, and it was so. And so there, I here I go as a child uh, listening to my mother sing and love to hear her sing and she would just do she would just be I don't know she would sing songs like um jazz classics um jazz standards um like what a difference a day makes by uh Dinah Washington and um she would listen to uh Nat King Cole and you know all the the legends and stuff so uh, as a child I listened to a lot of that music and I have projected that uh, when I do sing because it's, you know, that was real music, you know, back in the day. Yes. I, <laughs> real music, man. You said it. So yeah. true. So true. All right. Well, let's roll into things, shall we? Sure. Amazing. <laughs> First question for you is how did you decide that you wanted to become a singer? <clears throat> um, you know, I decided that. From, it just was something that was built in me since I jumped out the womb. But um, I really decided to make that happen, uh, I would say, like, really early 20s. I was early 20s, and I was pursuing performing and, uh, you know, did my my first big gig I think it was like 500 people in the audience and it was at the Ivor Theater in Hollywood yeah and it was amazing I knew then I was like you know I'm gonna do something about this I gotta keep going and and I just just kept going and I actually met with some bands and you know uh musicians and played with those guys and uh it kicked it off for me and so I from there I started my own, uh, I got my own CD. I did my own single and just started pushing that and, and just kept going and, you know, and just kept creating. Wow. 
that's so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like once the bug bites you, man, there's really no turning back, is there? Yeah, no, you you don't. <clears throat> I I don't. You know, it's really funny you say that. You can take a break. Like I took a break because I had some kids, and um, so I took a break for a little bit. And uh, I can say this: even taking a break, I, I, you know, I had to sing. I was always singing something and singing. You know how some people's like, "Oh, I sing in the shower." Well. I was singing all around the house, you know, the neighbors could hear me there. And I would come outside and they're like, is that you singing? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Oh my God, you know, and they just loved it. And so you never, it just, it's something that's within myself. It's, it's something that if you're a true artist, it'll stay with inside you and it, you'll never get rid of that. It'll always be there. Absolutely. Yeah. And what was the first experience you remember having with music? Oh, um, <clears throat> well, I come from a musical family. My father could sing. My mother could sing. Uh, we were kind of like the Jacksons a little bit when it came to, because my mother, we had, I had a lot of siblings and uh, there was like four girls and three boys. And so we would all be like dancing and my parents would play music. And uh, my first song, I would say, that really captured, that that I just love so much was, um, and I was a little kid, and <laughs> it was uh, Chucky's in Love. Hmm. Do you remember that song? I don't know that I do. If I do, it's I don't know it by name. Yeah, it, it, the hook is Chucky's in Love. Yeah, yeah. Chucky's yeah. in Love. Yes, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I used to listen to something like that when I was a kid, and I used to love it. And so I was really little, and I thought that song was so cute and and fun. And uh, and so I love music. My, I would say the for me was probably around about three, three years old, that I just held on to the you know really good. Uh, I would say standards and uh, blues. BB uh, King was one of my, he's one of my favorites. Yes. You know, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty diverse when it comes to music. So I would say, yeah, um, of course, rhythm and blues, you know. Definitely. Yeah. And then I guess you kind of segued into it a bit, but who are the biggest influences on your work and why? Oh my gosh. Ooh, that's, um, mm. you know, I would say, well, first of all, my mom, okay, because mom's was gospel singer, and she was, she did that, you know, as a kid in the church, and um, they were trying to get her to get on the radio when she was a teenager to perform back then, you know, it was a lot of forming of the Supremes, and you know, different uh, female artist uh, trios. And her father was like, no, you know, because she's like, no, you're a Christian kid. And so she couldn't do it. But <clears throat> I would say um, one of my favorite artists is Anita Baker. Yes. I love Anita. Um, her voice is just um, beautiful. Her music is timeless. Um, she's 
one and uh, another one that that I love was would be Sade. Yes. Yeah. So Anita Baker, Sade, um, and Whitney Houston, of course. I you know you can't you can't go without that 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 high first soprano. Uh, yeah. It's just amazing. Well, and I think that was the first thing I ever heard you sing was uh, I Will Always Love You. I think was the first thing I had ever heard you do. Yeah. And it blew my freaking face off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who am I listening to right now? It was so great. Oh, uh, thank you so much. I, uh, yeah, that's one of my, um, I really had to master that song. That song is something that you have to embody it you know, when you're singing it and, uh, and then, and then it just takes off like a rocket, you know, and spreads all around. And it's one of my favorite songs, but you know, um, Anita, she's got, uh, one of my favorite songs that Anita Baker, um, that I love by her is, uh, you bring me joy. Hmm. That one is uh real special and jazzy and, very, you know, uh, sultry, because she just has a sultry voice, you know. Yeah, she does. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I actually was in a band that covered uh, "Sweet Love," so I know <laughs> I got into Anita a little bit in that period of time. Such a great singer. Oh yeah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> so, what's the weirdest thing that's ever inspired you? Weirdest thing, um, hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I don't think I have anything weird. I, I would probably say my family and my friends would probably thought it was weird that I got inspired. Uh, but I would say by the doors. Oh, okay. Tell me about that. I'm intrigued. Um, <laughs> I bought. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> now I'm going to really tell my age. Okay, so um, I bought this cassette tape. <laughs> I bought cassette tapes too. You and me are in the same boat. It was a long time ago. <clears throat> and I was in love with uh, their album. Um, my song was Hello, I Love You. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Hello, I Love You was uh, that was Waiting for the Sun. That's what that was. Yeah. And I used to love listening to that. And um, there was some other songs that they had that I thought was amazing. Yeah, I just, I love the doors. Um, I mean, the, the band, um, Morrison, he was very talented, you know, uh, and, you know, anyway, uh, love those guys. I lost my cassette, by the way, on the bus. Uh -huh. And I was upset. I was like, ah, so... Anyway, now I'm off into collecting albums again, so I will be looking for the Doors album. Uh, they're one of my favorites. Um, I, you know, I like Led Zeppelin. Um, yeah, I, I, I love them. Um, I also, there's so many artists out there that um, from back in the day that I just love. I mean. R&B, of course, you know, crushed it back in the day. And I would say, um, I like Rick James. <laughs> Fun fact, he and I are from the same hometown, sort of. Wow, yeah, that's I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm from Buffalo, New York, and he's from a suburb. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I like him. And then I also like Cameo. 
you know, yeah. uh, cameo and um, I love Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of guy. Um, I, what we call today boy bands back in the day were those were men bands. <laughs> Not really boy bands. Those were, and it was real music, you know? Yeah. So. And I mean, you know, not to obviously bag on anyone's art, but it's true. Like there was a lot more musicality back then, a lot more talent required to do the job, let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. This is so true. So yeah. I, you know, of course you can't forget the songs like uh, the groups, like the stylistics and the, the dramatics and uh, beautiful uh, tenor voices, you know, these guys just were amazing. But um, yeah, I would say that I'm pretty diverse. Um, there is some country music I like. Uh -huh. you know? uh, but my favorite classic, I would say standard is um, crazy. I'm crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, feeling so Nancy Klein. Nancy Klein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> written by Willie Nelson, by the way. Yes, I know. Yeah, wild, right? <laughs> Just amazing. I mean, you know, talented people making talented, making uh, creative music for talented artists, you know? Exactly. 100%. Amazing. So how has your art influenced other people? Oh, my gosh. I've had, I've had so many people come up to me after I performed. Um... And just out of the blue, oh, oh my God, I, I want, I used to could sing and now I can't sing. And I now you've encouraged me to go sing again. And, uh, you know, uh, you're so brave. You know, you did that Michael Jackson, Billy Jean song. And, oh my God, I, I, I've always wanted to dance like that and sing like that. And, and I've encouraged a lot of people to actually, like I've touched on, some areas that maybe were dim for them and brought some light to it. And they're like, you know, I can do it. I can do it too. I, once upon a time, I um, have formed a trio and um, it was me and another two other girls. <clears throat> and um, it was amazing. Uh, one of the girls could sing. Well, both of them can sing really good, but you know, one was more of a backup singer, but i made her, I actually encouraged her to, to come forward to sing her own solo. And she was like, <clears throat> I don't think I'm ready. And I was like, you ready. You got it. And, uh, I worked with her and cause she came to me out of the blue and was like, you know, can you help me, uh, do like you, you know, sing solo and really be out there and belt it out. And I said, yeah, sure. So I gave her some singing lessons. We worked on it and kept working on it. And finally we formed a trio and we went out and we started performing and we dressed up like we were the Supremes. We had on sparkling gowns. Oh, it was amazing. And I swear people were just like so blown away. They were just like, you guys need to like, are you guys doing an album? Like what's happening? You know? So awesome. Yeah. I love, I love how you termed it as shining light on things that are dim in a person. Cause it's true, you know, and especially, I mean, I've seen this as artists go on and they go through the career. Some of them really do you know they hit these points or these patches where they kind of their light gets dimmed it's really it's a really apropos analogy actually and you mm -hmm. know to be able to put that spark and that light back and so i mean that's such a i mean that's what it's all about to me and i really love that you put it that way yeah yeah that's thank you that's i mean as artists that's what we do 
we spread the love. We, you know, if the light is dim, we brighten the light and we let others know that they can do it too. You know, if you, whatever art that is, you know, it, it may not be singing. It could be painting and, and the music may have made that person go, you know, I think I'm going to start painting again. <laughs> Absolutely. No, hundred <laughs> percent. And then do you have any pre-show or pre-studio rituals? Mm. Candles. Mm. Candles <clears throat> and a gold microphone. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah light the candles and I will create if candles are lit in, in the studio, the light, lights are dim. It might be, uh, uh, then the piano am I in the, in the pianist is playing the, on the grand piano and it's real smooth. And next thing you know, I'm writing a song. Wow. Yeah. Cause I think I can hear, some people can just, you know, write the lyrics. I I write the lyrics, but I also uh, hear by sound, like the melody. I can hear the melody before I write the words. Yeah. So I'll just like sing the hook and already have it. And I'll just write it down and, and then um, I'll sing the song around the hook, all the verses and all that stuff. But I can hear the melody before it's even written. Wow, that's awesome. And I'm getting that visual, too, of, like, that setting, too. And I can imagine that's got to be super intense, like, in a great way to write in a setting like that. Just all focused and super aesthetic. Yeah, we did that. Um, there, was a, there was a studio that's in Redlands in Washington. And mm -hmm. it's absolutely just gorgeous. It uh, looked like mahogany inside. It's just gorgeous. Oh, wow. Um, and... Uh, at the time, I had a producer I was working with, and um, we had a whole set, a whole band, um, and the, the grand piano was in the middle of the studio, and then we have, in the studio, there are, uh, like, four or five, like, five other rooms with glass doors, yeah. and each of them, everybody's in their own station and playing, and what was amazing about that is that we were gelling all day and all night we started at six in the morning we got out at six in the morning the next day and we wrote oh. 18 songs oh my god damn yeah 18 songs <laughs> we just kept writing and writing. i had i had these i had all the hooks i had everything already just here and then the my pianist he says well what do you want to do i was like i just want you to play and I'm going to give you that song. He goes, okay. So he would come up with different things and I would just sing it. And the my producer was like, you know, I was trying to get us out of here, but it looks like we're going to spend the night. <laughs> That's so awesome. People don't write like that anymore, man. That's so awesome. I love those stories. <laughs> yeah. So if I, when I go back in the studio again, and if, if I have a whole band in there and I swear I'm not coming out. I love that. <laughs> so great that that is like what you just said is like the embodiment of the spirit of an artist to me you know yeah. like my god somebody that's just meant to do it that's beautiful thank you thank you <laughs> yeah. so what risks if any have you personally taken for the sake of your music omg <laughs> wow what you know that's a that's 
That's a good one. Um, I used to work at UPS years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was actually trying to get become manager there. But uh, I was working with a rapper, a well-known rapper from back in the 80s, 90s, early 90s, I should say, 80, and late 80s. Um, and he was turned out to uh, basically he was looking for artists. And so he found me. Uh, someone referred me to him. And then, I, you know, we met up and. Um, what happened was, it was just crazy. I was going to, I had to get my passport. He called me up one day, I was at work and he says, you know, I need you to get your passport because you're going to Japan. Whoa. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, but I just got this job. <laughs> I just started working at this company and I was great. I was great at the job and a hard worker, you know, good business person. And so anyway, I had to rush to go get my passport. I got the passport. Next thing you know, um, I had to go to Atlanta to meet the band that I was going to perform with. And who was I going to perform with? Well, let me just tell you, I had to sing for Peebo Bryson. Oh. Yep. So I sung for Peebo and it was the best experience ever. Um, I wasn't able to come back to my job because <laughs> I, I, I left. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to Japan. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Right. And so, um, but it didn't, it, sometimes things don't come out the way you want them to, but you just, you know, you kind of ride the waves. And so I wrote the waves. It was a good experience. Um, and I'm glad that I had that experience uh, to be able to do something like that. But, you know, my best experience, most of all, I feel like the, the to me, what's important to me, it would be probably different for, for others. But I'm going to say that my idol, that I actually had a chance to sing a little bit of something with, and that it was just because she came through and I met her and that was Shaka Khan. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, talk about a legend. Yeah. So I will never forget just a little sweet, you know, sweet thing. And <laughs> I was just like blown away and thrilled. And she's such a sweetheart. And I'll never forget that ever. That's so awesome. Yeah. And then what's the craziest risk you've ever seen another artist take for their craft? Um. Hmm. Well, you know, that's, I would say um, to bear it all, you know, like maybe and there was one where, you know, it was kind of too revealing. She kind of took some things off and it was too revealing. Um, and, you know, I come from an era where you just, you don't do all that, but, you know, uh, it, whatever works, you know, if that works for that person, it works for that person. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I, I'm definitely old school when it comes to that myself, but some people just will do things, you know? No, it's true. And I'm like, you, I'm the same way I, but it, like you said, like, I guess if it works for somebody, it works for them. So that's yeah, right. Art is subjective, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so what's one thing about you that would shock everyone to know? <clears throat> 
Besides singing, I'm a financial uh, consultant. Well, that is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tell me about that. How did that happen? I've been, I started my own business. Well, I really started entrepreneur uh, 1999, filing taxes for people. And I uh, went to school for that, worked at, you know, uh, at corporations and just doing accounting and finance work. So now I'm a financial uh, business consultant for a lot of clients. I have a lot of clients uh, that I do uh, financial services for and have been doing that since 2012. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's over a decade. That's a long yeah. time. Yeah. And business is still going good. And I rode the waves and I, I beat the pandemic. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, good for you. That's so great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And then what's the one thing or the one tool that you absolutely cannot live without as an artist and why? Um, geez, I can't live without my vocals. Fair you point. know, can't live without my vocals because I can go without a microphone. I've sung without one before. And uh, because I've had situ situations where the mic didn't work. And I just said, that's okay. I'm going to sing without it. And everybody was like, oh, my God. Because I was able to, you oh, have to, yeah, you have to project your voice. And so I really projected it. And it just went around the whole room. So I would say my vocals, because that is, if you can't sing, you know, and you're a singer, uh, it's a sad day. Yeah, it really is. And I've, I've not many, but I've had those sad days myself. And they really are sad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just want to sing, but you're like, dang, I can't. Today. It's just not coming out. Yeah. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> so what has been the most difficult piece of music for you to create and why? Okay. Uh, there was a song that I wrote and um, it was funny. I was having a hard time trying to write this song. It's how I, it's what I thought about myself. Have you ever wrote something and you're like, it's, it's personal kind of, and yeah. you're like, and you're thinking like, uh, am I, am I being, you know, is my ego shining? Is it popping out too far? Am I, you know, like, just, you know, I'm not trying to be like vain or my head is so big. No, but there was a song I wrote. It's called I am a queen. And <laughs> I like that. Thanks. And uh, um, it's not quite finished, actually. I'm still, we're, we, there's some instrumental stuff that needs to get done. But um, I went to the studio and I only, I didn't, I was supposed to have the song written already and done. And we got, you know, when I get to the studio, when I got with the producer, I'm supposed to just be like, okay, let me sing it. And, so I took the paper and pencil and threw it on the table when I came in there. And he goes, what's wrong? And I go, I can't, I can't, I can't think of anything. I, I can't. And it wasn't like I had a writer's block. It was more like, am I being too uh, bold, you know, with this song? Am I just, you know, and he was like, no, you are a queen. He was like, you're a queen. So write the song. And I, I said, okay. 
So I ended up writing the song, but uh, it was difficult at first. But I wrote the song, and after he said that to me, and we talked about it, it just went real smooth. And and I wrote the song, and he was just blown away. He's like, "Okay, this song is amazing," and I was like, "Okay," and it turned out to be really good. So. Anyway, we're it's still a work in progress as far as the instrumental mixing and all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, and I definitely have found that to be true with artists. Like we we, you know, even if you know you're on power, the, the best ones tend to be pretty humble about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it can be true. Like I'm the same way. I hate blowing my own horn. I'm just not that guy. And but anyway, so I can definitely appreciate that. And that, like I said, it's honestly, I think it's a sign of greatness because usually the best artists are not the egotistical type you know yeah thank you yeah i'm kind of like i'm real, just real modest about it you know and uh that's just that's how it is <laughs> yeah that's right now here's a fun question for you if you were going to write a book about your career up to this point what would you title it <laughs> you almost made me say a joke i gotta be me uh -huh. no <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be me. I've got to be me. Yeah. Now, um, you know, I would call it a storm is coming. Hell yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. By the way, I just realized, too, if you're ever going to cover a door song, you need to cover Riders on the Storm. Of course, Riders on the Storm. But I'm saying, man. <laughs> you know, that's a great book title, The Storm's Coming. I love that. Well, I, I would love to do something like that. Listen, if you you know anybody that wants to do that with me, that'd be great. What, Riders on the Storm? Yeah. I'll cover that with you. We'll okay. talk after this. We'll talk after this. Okay. I would be very interested. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I am a massive. Jim Morrison is one of my three biggest influences. I'm a big fan of Robbie Krieger's guitar playing. Just, mm. I love the doors. So Me too. Yeah, I would think just awesome. Yes. Oh, so great. So, so great. Anyway, yeah. I could make a whole podcast out of that. <laughs> I seriously could. So what are your plans for world domination? Oh, my gosh. You know, it's so funny you say that because I was just sitting here just yesterday and I was like, what do I need to do? You know, I need to conquer the world, you know, and just do it right so for me the world is going through we've, our world has gone through so much and still going through so much so I feel like it needs to be something that is going to be none other than anything out there today like it can't be it can't be you know uh sex violence and and crime type of music it needs to be something that's going to hit the heartstrings, yeah. you know, something personal, something that will touch everybody. Like it has to be, to me, it needs to be a mankind uh, type of song that's for anybody, you know, and um, that they just feel right in their heart. Like this song was made for all of us, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really love that. Thanks. And then, yeah. And then I have one more question for you and just to revisit the introduction to this show. So, you know, along with showcasing the best of independent artists, this show is also about exploring what inspires them, what drives them and what they consider their fundamental purpose as an artist to be. So Stormy, what's your truth? 
<laughs> my truth is to um, stay honest about what you do. You know, keep your own integrity. Um, make sure that stays in and don't let anybody twist you around for other crazy wild things. Do you be the, the artist you are, have fun with it. Um, and, and always communicate with the art that you create, communicate in that way and express yourself and just make it good. Awesome. That is an incredible end of this interview. Thank you so much for being here. Um, before we end off, I did want to give you 60 seconds to just plug anything you want to plug. 60 seconds of everything Stormy Stokes. Go. All right. Well, uh, as I said before, I'm a financial business consultant, and I actually help people uh, clean up all of their financial problems and mess that they get into. I'm the solution person and uh, there's no mountain too high that we can conquer. And to also look out for me because I will be releasing some music here uh, near future. Awesome. And on that too, I mean, number one, there's a real art to anyone that can master anything. I think, I mean, art is, it has to do with communication. And when you get to a certain level of doing things, even something financial, Mm -hmm. There's an art to that. And also, too, there's no shortage of artists out there that could use that kind of help. So I hope all you artists out there are paying attention and call Stormy because uh, I know um, artists and particularly musicians and money, that's a real interesting combination. <laughs> and there's definitely some people that could use a hand out there. So just, you know, that's definitely really great to know that you're out there. And I'll drop, I think your, your LinkedIn, uh, I'll drop your LinkedIn uh, in the description below this podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everything. And uh, thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. No, and again, it's been an honor, man. What a great interview. And uh, so everyone, this has been the What's Your Truth podcast. Until next episode. See you later. Bye. your truth, oh what's your truth?